93.9 The Eagle, broadcasting live from the Zimmer Radio Group World Headquarters. This is the CEO Roundtable with Fred Perry. Ready for interviews with movers and shakers from our community as we dive in for a deeper look inside Columbia. Now, here's your host, Fred Perry. And welcome to the CEO Roundtable Show. So glad that you have joined us this weekend. Uh, very happy to have my good friend and the news director of Hot Talk 93.9, The Eagle, Brian Houseworth, joining me in the studio. Brian, how are you today? I'm hanging in there, Fred. Great to be with you. I hope you're hanging in there. We uh, both both battling our own, at times, little health issues. Yeah. And uh, I'm glad, glad, <laughs> glad there's no ice in this uh, yeah, storm system I'm, that's I'm come through. I'm happy to keep my feet under me uh, <laughs> instead of over me. But uh, uh, every now and then, Brian, you and I get together. Uh, we did it. Uh, when we uh, we worked at another radio station across town together, yes. and we uh, did it when you were with Missouri Net. Um, and uh, but it's good that uh, now that you're here at the Eagle, uh, it's much easier to arrange a time to have you come in and visit because uh, I really do consider you to be the state's authority on uh, political news. There's a lot of things that are happening, uh, and you're you know you're pretty darn good at sports, but I'm not going to go there with you because <laughs> I'm not good at sports. Uh, so anyway, uh, but lots of things to talk about. Um, I will tell you. My wife and I were enjoying a nice, quiet uh, Friday night at home last weekend, enjoying some Chinese food and watching uh, ABC's uh, 2020. And there is Columbia's own Brian Houseworth on the national ABC News program 2020. Was that fun for you? It was. It was fun. I wish it would have been under better circumstances on a, yeah. on a, a more positive. Well, case, the news doesn't follow better circumstances. Uh, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But I will tell you, Fred, and thank you for watching that. Uh, 2020 reached out to me. This has been a, a murder that happened actually about, right about the time that Governor Greitens was uh, you know being investigated by ah. the legislature. Yeah. So it did not get the media coverage locally that it normally would have because the TV and everybody was focused so much on Governor Greitens at the time. Mm-hmm. I really believe it would have gotten a lot more coverage. It happened just east of Moberly in Middle Grove. And uh, COVID delayed James Addy's trial a number of times. They finally were able to get it done in April of 2021. Murder happened. The guys from uh, Mexico, Santa Fe to be exact, he worked in Moberly. She was from Huntsville, worked in Moberly. They were going to get married in Columbia. So a lot of, lot of ties mm-hmm. locally. They moved the trial to Jefferson City. COVID impacted that as well. So we were all forced media except court tv because they had to get a, a tv camera in there to literally had to watch watch it on a feed either at a closed circuit feed at the courthouse or at the newsroom so, so i watched this it film some time ago this the the ta- the trial took place in april and they came to videotape for the interview with me in september 2020 okay. uh, 2020 2020 yes wow, okay so, so 2020 came to interview me in, in 2020 uh in well I, Forgive me. They they did it. It's it would have been September twenty twenty one. Does that oh, make sense? Oh yeah, no, that does. Okay. okay. Yes. Yeah. Very good. But now one of the the mitigating factors, one of the things that was really complicating uh, this gentleman's marriage to uh, this lady, the victims of uh, uh, in in this trial, uh, was that he was already married and and had a family. Yes, he did. 
Uh, so tell us the, tell us the circumstances. Uh, what uh, what what happened? Uh, give us the details of the murder, if you don't mind. Yeah, I don't mind at all. The murder was just beyond horrific. By the way, uh, Molly Watson was the victim. She was, uh, you know, some media outlets referred to her as a secret mistress. I don't like that term because that implies that she knew that he was married to someone else. Yeah. She did not, and the wife obviously didn't know that you know he was having an affair on the, on the side. So neither one of the women knew about it. Basically, the collision course was the name of, of 2020's episode on ABC. But really, he he had been married uh, 22 years to this mm-hmm. lady. He had a family up in uh, Addie's wife up there around Mexico, Missouri. And then he was planning to marry this other uh, young lady, Molly Watson, at the Stony Creek Inn here in yeah. Columbia. Yeah. And two days before the wedding, uh, someone reaches out to her. The prosecutors say it was uh, Addie. And they met at a remote, basically out, out in the, the country. Yeah. yeah, out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. I'm not. I think that's a gravel road. It's off of Highway 151, Monroe mm-hmm. County, near Middle Grove. Water crossings on the road. No one ever would go through there. Mm-hmm. She was basically shot in the back of the head, execution style. According to the Assistant Attorney General, I'm trying to. I don't want to give every detail because it's just so horrendous. But they did say that whoever killed her put the gun directly to the back of her head and yeah. fired. She was actually wearing her engagement ring mm. and was found dead on the side of the road by the time McSpearin, the uh, the eyewitness who was interviewed as well by 2020 by the time he found the victim she she was already dead if mm-hmm. she wasn't she was very close to it yeah so it was it was horrible he was arrested that night james addy uh in a nutshell he was convicted he was represented by tj kirsch uh who's a very you know pretty prominent jefferson city public defender mm. kirsch and i watched the trial it, he did i mean i thought you know Totally objectively, I thought he did a very good job with the defense. But I also thought Catherine Dolan, the assistant attorney general, presented a very powerful case against him. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And Eric Schmidt, obviously his office, but he wasn't there. But she she represented the uh, the state. Now he claims, Fred, and this was referenced at the very end of the episode. He claims a stalker um, that she had dated before is the one who actually killed uh, Maui Watson. That's probably going to be central to his appeal. Now, what was interesting, and I just you know, is that her. Her previous lover was a woman. Yes, is that correct? That's, okay, that's, which, uh, which I did not know that that was never mentioned in the trial. <laughs> that, so I learned yeah. they also mentioned in the story she had a child with cerebral palsy. That never came out in the trial. Oh either. yeah, uh, it, you know, and it's, it's kind of interesting because they uh, they introduced uh, her ex lover as uh, Molly's girlfriend, and you know, well, my wife has girlfriends, but you know, not those kind of girlfriends. And so anyway, it's just kind of interesting yeah, twist was, on the it story. Was a surprise. So sure. uh, Mr. Addy is in prison for how many years? He is serving a life uh, without parole, and he we just confirmed on 93.9 The Eagle, we actually broke the story that he is being housed at a prison out of state. Okay. I worked on that with the Department of Corrections. I knew that they were probably going to do that at the time. We videotaped in September. That actually was part of our interview, but they had to take that out because he was literally in the process of being moved about the time they went to air last Friday. Hmm. Um, but he is housed. I couldn't tell you what state. It's a secret, but it's, it's one of the 24 states in the interstate compact and be the idea there by the way for people that wonder well why would they move him out of state he has supervised a lot of the inmates some of them are in maximum security no matter what prison he would be put in in missouri he would be at risk oh um, he was, that's right we i don't know that we mentioned this he was a former 
deputy, correct? Uh, he was a former really high up corrections officer corrections at the Moberly Correction, okay. Correctional Center. All right. And he'd written up a lot of inmates, you know, for violations. So there's no way you can put him in the general population. Yeah. So, mm. so he knew what he was getting into. He did. Yeah. He did. But he don't he, do again, the crime if you don't want to do the time. Right. And, and to be fair, he is appealing. And uh, that that's going to be, you know, a couple, at least a year because it goes to the Court of Appeals. But mm-hmm. but the 2020 interview was fascinating. I thought it was fair and uh, and I enjoyed it. Uh, How many takes? I mean, is this a uh, it's really interesting the way that they they do these things. But, you know, they they have people uh, you can tell they're reading scripts and they're people that maybe had nothing to do uh, with the trial. But, you know, they're from court TV and and, uh, and, uh, Lucas Geisler from KMIZ was was there. And and um, uh, it it just seems to be a very interesting process how they put these things together. They they really do. And with me, I don't I can't say the court TV and some of those crime uh, journalists or whatever that were they definitely and they got a little animated yep. some of those had scripts i didn't have a script i i, I was one take i had one take whole, one take good. i had lived, lived the whole thing now there were a couple of po- points and i i was also at the time of the trial covering a senate debate too so i was trying to do both so <laughs> when they got to the part about the tire track which was a big part i had to just say on camera look i, I missed that because i was covering the senate that's part of being yeah. my old job i wish i could have watched every bit of it but i watched so much of the trial they wanted to use me and i, I was very pleased with yeah. that they that they interviewed me you know it's uh, the reason we're talking about this that there have been a number of very high profile uh murder cases uh tried in in the last uh, few months yeah and you know and and there's no doubt in my mind that these crime shows will they'll be back to columbia missouri to to cover these because i know that in the rennick case uh the court tv uh and the the guy that does the noon news on abc yes. so the the legal program was was in columbia for that so um you know, I, look as a as a business guy, I sort of uh, sort of cringe every time I see Columbia, Missouri in the news for uh, things like uh, weird murders. You know, snake breeders and right. and uh, other things. Joseph Elledge. Yeah, Joseph Elledge. And uh, so, but I want to talk about these these other two high profile cases that you have been covering. And and uh, anybody who listens to the Eagle on a daily basis and hears your your news reports knows that you're there. Yes. In the courtroom, watching every second of this thing. Um, most recently, the Rennick case, uh, and that was a very bizarre case oh. because it involved a snake breeder, and you're probably still having nightmares after seeing the crime scene photos. They were awful, Fred. Um, I'm not exaggerating. It was the most awful thing I've ever seen. I didn't have any warning at all. I, I, there was just no warning in the yeah. jury. It appeared to me that there were people who actually gasped in the courtroom, mm. the observers. What I try to do, by the way, in the newscast, and then we'll talk about the, that, that just how horrible this murder was. What I try to do is take listeners listeners behind the scenes describe things that they won't get how they how does the defendant react did he mm-hmm. did, in the case of lindley rennick she just absolutely sobbed which we'll touch on after her conviction a sob doesn't even begin to describe her her reaction after the verdict but i try to take them behind the scenes but the the crime scene basically when they were setting it up for people who don't know ben rennick was the name of a, a man he lived in montgomery county mm-hmm. his wife lindley is from columbia her father's from columbia so it's got a 
Columbia tie. The other co-defendant was from Jefferson City, Michael Humphrey. There's an alleged stalker involved that she said was stalking her. I, I won't use his name. He's not accused of the murder, but he was central to bringing the case forward to authorities. Rennick's argument is that he was a stalker, but I mean, it's really a bizarre case. You also have an NHL very prominent goaltender. Yeah, because this guy was the snake breeder for the rich and famous. Yeah, big time. Uh, I mean, if there, you have a lot of money and you're rich and you're famous and you want to walk around with an anaconda around your neck, that's right. Uh, ben Rennick was the guy you called. And the reality is we know for a fact, because it came out from three different witnesses, that had he not been murdered, and Lindley, this is the only area the prosecutor and defense agreed on. Both of them essentially said the same thing. Had he not been murdered, Lindley and Ben Rennick would have been multimillionaires. Mm-hmm. That, that, that snake barn would have sold for anywhere from three different witnesses testified. One said 1.1, 1.2 was another witness, 1.5. Bottom line, they would have been millionaires. Mm-hmm. But the crime scenes were horrible. Whoever murdered him in that snake barn had, he had to have trusted him enough to turn his back. He was shot in the back of the head. I won't go into again, I'll, uh, other than to say that um, I've never seen so much blood, Fred. It was yeah. it was beyond horrendous. Was and, there some thought that maybe one of the snakes had committed the murder? Oh, yeah. Or had uh, yes. attacked him and, and killed him? The, literally, the deputy, um, and I don't have his name right in front of me, but the chief deputy of Montgomery County Sheriff, and I did quote him by name in my stories, he responded and said it was a chaotic scene. He was the first person on the scene, and he said that he called it in. And if you see the crime scenes, again, without elaborating, Fred, I because people said, well, how could they not know he was – If you, it's chaotic and stuff. And, and what he said was it was so horrible, he thought an anaconda had attacked the suspect. Hmm. The, the suspect, part of his skull was missing. That hmm. was brought up. It was – I've, I've never seen anything like it. So he called that in, like, on the radio, and you had deputies rushing to the scene with shotguns. They, yeah. were, they were on their way to Afraid shoot. Afraid of the snakes. Because, yeah. Well, they were looking for an anaconda that was on the loose. So it was crazy and um, a wild scene, and it happened literally right next to a condominium where people were. There were witnesses that heard it. No one mm-hmm. actually saw it. But uh, in the end, she was convicted. Now, she's saying this, Michael Humphrey, Lindley Renick is saying this from Jefferson. City is the one who killed her husband. She said she was going over there to ask for a divorce. Um, she got into a lot of details about her sex life. But basically, she said that he did. He was not very intimate with her, and she wanted she wanted to basically divorce him. Mm. But she wanted to have this guy along just just to you know for moral support. Said she had no idea he had a gun. He claims it was Lindley. The 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 other suspect claims it was Lindley that pulled the trigger. Just a very um, fascinating case. And she Horrible. was sentenced to... Well, she has not been sentenced okay. yet. Okay, all right. It will be on January 24th, literally okay. about a week and a half, and I will be there for that. Dateline NBC, Court TV, and 48 hours will all be in the oh, courtroom. Okay. But here's the interesting thing about... She was convicted of second-degree murder, and Fred, almost that entire trial, she walked by me every day. She was on a $1 million recognizance bond. She would she would walk by Mark Slavitt and I from Channel 13, always say hi. Of course, you know, we're professional. We say hi. I mean, that's what you do. Mm-hmm. No, not engage in it. and she didn't she mm-hmm. she would be with her i called it her entourage but she would she went out for smoke breaks every day at the boone county courthouse so would smoke um but she is looking at anywhere from th- no more than 16 years probably looking at 13 to 15 because the jury the jury evidently was sympathetic to her when she was saying it was humphrey that did it because she was looking at a life sentence so 16 maximum i'm, I'm thinking and again we'll see kevin crane's the
the judge here, he can't go higher than 16. I don't think he can go. He could. Realistically, he's probably not going to go. So I'm thinking somewhere between 13 and 15. Interesting. And she'll be eligible for parole um, after 85% of that. Yeah. All right. When we come back from this break, we'll give you a quick update on uh, what happened this week with the Joseph Elledge case. And then we're going to jump into local headlines and what's happening in Jefferson City. Uh, It's been a very busy news week in Columbia, Missouri. And we're going to talk about some of the more interesting stories. Uh, When we come back, visiting with Brian Houseworth, the news director. And you are listening to the CEO Roundtable on Hot Talk 93.9 The Eagle. 